Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I think Texan fans feel like we are in a a window where the ultimate is possible here, right, Seth? I think, like, I think we're on the brink of a golden age. I think... <laughs> Eventually, it's going to happen. I, you know what? I think we were right there, man. We were right there. I don't want to rehash. We the were past. no, yeah, we were at the brink. I was, I was correct whenever I said that we were on the brink of a golden age in yeah. Houston sports because we very much were on the brink. We were. I had said there was. We were a franchise quarterback away from being in a golden age of Houston sports. Ah, that's where I was wrong because the the Texans got Deshaun Watson after that, and. It was, uh, you know, you won a World Series championship, made it to uh, multiple conference finals with the <laughs> with the Rockets, yeah. And then uh, it was the it was the franchise quarterback part that looked like they might have been on the right path, but yeah, yeah. Without without at least making it to a conference championship, I don't think you can include that as part of like a golden age. I think I think, and this this is not the purpose of this segment, but as long as we're talking about it here, real quick, I think there's a lot of cities that would have traded our 2017 through 2019. For theirs, for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. it was really like good. Cleveland. It was really yeah. good. Yeah, like several. Like, you know, Detroit or what, you know, like it's, you got a World Series championship. You had a, t- a football team that had an exciting young quarterback and won a bunch of games. And you had a basketball team that was that was one of the four or five best that just ran into a, a buzzsaw every year with Golden State. So, of course, I, well, with Cleveland, when they win the championships, 2016. 16. 16. 16. Yep. So they would still have had the afterglow of that, I suppose. Maybe. So, yeah. I'd still be, I'd still rather be Houston. Um, so the reason we bring this up, I think the Texans, especially if they get this off season, right? Big key. They are, they are on the cusp of putting themselves in the Super Bowl window conversation as a team that is very, very primed to win with a young quarterback on a rookie contract, uh, beyond that quarterback, a draft class that was rated number one on several power rankings that we've seen. It wasn't just CJ. They drafted a bunch of other good guys and they have over the last few years, a head coach that is the envy of many teams around or many fan bases around the league. They are. They could very well be, depending on how the draft and free agency goes for them. They could be right where Detroit was at the start of this past. Season. Amen. Yes. You know, and then if a Jameer Gibbs or somebody like that emerges, then all of a yeah. sudden you, you you're in business. Sam you know? Laporta. Yeah. A bunch yeah. There's of guys. a couple like yeah. That's right. Yeah. Two like some of those young guys can just flip it completely, and then with one well-spent free agency acquisition or so, yeah, it's very, very possible. They're right there. So if you were to ask me just blindly, like, do you feel like the Texans have one of the eight biggest Super Bowl windows right now? You know, window of time where, let's just call it five years. Do you feel their their chances of winning a Super Bowl in the next five years compared to the rest of the league? I put it right up there against most of the league and put a few teams ahead of them probably. Bucky Brooks, who, former NFL player, writes for NFL.com, has the eight biggest Super Bowl windows right now. And I think there's a few of them on here where I go, okay, I mean, I could see where you'd feel a little more confident in this team, maybe significantly more confident than the Texans because one of them is the Chiefs, whose window will be open as long as Patrick Mahomes has two legs and a working right arm probably, right? Um, But some of these teams, man, and I'm going to start from the bottom and work up, Seth. Um The Texans did not make the cut. Let me just say that. The Texans are not on here as one of the eight. So when I saw they were not on here, I'm like, okay. Um, The New York Jets at number eight. I mean, I know they've got a lot of key pieces on defense. It's a good defense. They've got Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall on offense. They had all those guys on the team this past year. Quinnen Williams, Sauce Gardner, Quincy Williams. They had bad quarterback play and went seven and ten. You're getting Aaron Rodgers back, presumably, but A, you don't know how long he's back for. You know, Well, for yeah. A, you don't know how good he's going to be, for one thing. And B, there's no way that Aaron Rodgers, if the quarterback is the key to a window, 
your window is two years max, right? With yeah, Aaron I guess yeah, if you're using the word window, that doesn't mean just right now, hey, your chance to win. That's a window of multiple years. Yes. And I don't yeah, I don't see how I like there's multiple teams that should look at that and think, well, no, there's no way in hell you're putting me in front of the Jets or putting the Jets in front of us when if we're talking windows here. Because I think that even if Aaron Rodgers comes and balls out and he's an MVP this year and the Jets are great, I don't know like how once you have an Achilles tendon at that at that age, uh, an Achilles tendon tear, it feels like okay, that's not just a flukish Achilles tendon tear. Like D'Amico Ryan tore his Achilles tendon, but he was in his upper twenties. That's kind of a flukish whatever. He ended up playing a, uh, several more years after mm-hmm. that. When you start tearing at tendons in your upper 30s, that's the stuff that happens when you're in your upper 30s. Yep. So I, maybe it's a biceps tendon. Maybe it's something else after that. But, I, yeah, you can't, you can't include the Jets in anything beyond just this next year. Yeah. I think I would ask Jet fans, would you rather swap your franchise for our franchise? We'll take everybody in Texans gear and put them in Jets gear and vice yeah. versa. And I think they would say, yes, we got to win a Super Bowl in the next five years. Yeah, we'll take C.J. Stroud in the te- – it's tough because it's it, like if it, if it's just winning one Super Bowl this year, then I, like the Jets' defense is just it's better right now. There's more studs, there's more potential there. Um, before the draft and before free agency, we'll see what Understood. happens. Understood. Yeah, it's a but big, yeah, but if it's a window of five years, yeah. then of, of competitiveness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what Bucky says. Biggest windows. You know, I guess I'm gonna say if you think about. You got to throw ration out the window when you say, okay, what would Jets fans want? Because if I'm a Jets fan up there, I'm thinking, hell yeah, Aaron Rodgers is coming back. I know it in my bones. <laughs> yeah, of course maybe. he's coming back. You've talked and yourself he'll, into he'll plenty of He'll be good for the next three years, yeah, damn it. Maybe. You idiot. Maybe. No, I don't want that stank team. Okay, yeah. now one that might be a little bit more apples to apples here is number seven on this list, counting up, the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers who snuck into the postseason last year yeah. and had a huge win over the Cowboys in the divisional round, gave the 49ers everything they could handle. I'm sorry, went over the Cowboys in the wild card round, gave the Niners everything they could handle in the divisional round, late turnover, did them in. Young quarterback who played really well the second half of the season, Jordan Love. Young quarterback who they're going to have to pay because even though he was in his first year as a starter, he was in his fourth year in the league. Bunch of no-namers on offense. Uh, wide receiver, like a young wide receiving core. That played well this past year. New defensive coordinator. Yeah. I don't know. Do you feel better? If you're a Packer fan, do you feel better about your chances of winning a Super Bowl the next five years than the Texans should? The whole thing I worry about with the Packers and I wonder is that remember remember one of the things that Aaron Rodgers would get angry about, Sean, was okay, they not only did they not give him any offensive skill weapons, like the they didn't draft any skill players. From the time Aaron Rodgers was a starter yeah. until they drafted Jordan His Love replacement. in the first round. Like <laughs> yeah. that was the first time they had drafted a skill player in the first round. And yet the Packers very rarely had a competitive defense. Last year the Packers ended with a twenty seventh ranked DVOA defense. Like they're still I and it's with the same management crew that Aaron Rodgers was angry about and dated. That's a whole hard thing about the whole Aaron Rodgers dynamic, mm-hmm. is that he had valid reason to be frustrated with the the management of the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. So I actually feel better about the Texans in that regard. I think that C.J. Stroud, look, if there's one thing that they're still worried about with Jordan Love, it's some of these curious decisions he makes in crunch time. And some of these, like he'll try to throw off the back of his foot across his body and throw an interception in a big leverage situation. I think C.J. Stroud has showed the exact opposite. Like he's... He's very, very smart with his decision-making in crunch time. The only blemish we saw this year was the interception he threw uh, against the Bengals, and then they came back and won that game anyway. Yep. So yeah. uh, I would say that uh, I, I, don't, I, I don't worry about them just as I don't worry about them. Yeah, I, I think the Texans have a nicer window and a bigger window than the Green Bay yeah. Packers do. I feel, I feel strongly about that. Number six on this list is the Cleveland Browns, and this might be the one I feel strongest about. I think Bucky Brooks is completely ignoring – the fact that the Browns are a veteran team with major cap issues potentially moving forward. We don't know if Deshaun Watson is good at football still. He's coming off a shoulder injury. We don't know what that's going to look like if you're the Browns. And oh, by the way, the Texans beat the Browns by 30 in a playoff game. They just beat them in the postseason, which last I checked is the avenue to get to the Super Bowl, the postseason. It's a disgusting play, uh, a disgusting uh, display of incompetence and a letdown to Browns fans whom I have sympathy for mm. and who I believe deserve better 
unfortunately, they will not have that opportunity to see better for at least a Correct. few more years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel better. I'd rather be a Texan fan than a Brown fan right now, for sure. It's uh, It's been fully, how many years now? Three full years since you saw a really competent Deshaun Watson? End of 2020, right? The last yeah. game of the 2020 season, so January of 2021. Yeah, where he, where he actually put together a good string of passing performances. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. And you're counting on this guy has a, this guy hasn't played good football. I mean, I, he had a few games I know as a Brown that have been, you know, some better than others, but largely he's not been good. And his cap hit is sixty four million dollars next year. And anything four million. Anything to move off of that makes the future years up into the seventy million dollars. Like there's no moving off of the, it. And then if you're somebody who's saying, yeah, but they can work things around with the cap and everything. Sure, if they want to extend him. That's what I mean. Uh, that's, yeah. that's the problem. To do anything with that contract and to really make it any less painful, you've got to feel good about him enough that you want to extend him yeah. for a few years. Wild. Yeah. Now, the Niners are number five on this list. Biggest windows for a Super Bowl. Whereas I disagree with the Browns, the Packers, and the Jets having a bigger window to the Super Bowl. It's really hard for me to, at this point, argue against the 49ers, even though they're an older team with expensive guys, and eventually, you know, they in at least a year or two, they're going to have to pay Brock Purdy if that's their guy, or they're going to have to find another quarterback that they either draft or they pay in free agency. Yeah, But this is one of those, this is probably more of a pedigree play than anything else. I have a problem putting the Texans ahead of the 49ers on any list like this right now, just based on the fact that the Texans are kind of trying to be the 49ers, you know? Yeah, they, they um, and the 49ers, like, for one, they've just been really good at creatively managing big-time acquisitions and contracts, but then with also, you know, either trading guys away, um, like Buckner, or it, and, and figuring out a way to find quarterbacks. Like, ironically enough, they end up with Mr. Irrelevant after having spent big on a couple guys to try to bring him in as quarterbacks. Um, I think that, uh, like, as long as their defense is as solid as they have been, I mean, that's a big question mark. Is okay. They 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 let go of Wilkes. They're gonna have somebody else run it now. Uh, they'll be fine. It's just a. I guess when they have to pay Brock Purdy, that's gonna be the the decision whether or not to pay Brock Purdy is a big question mark. Yep. But uh, Cowboys are fourth on this list. The Dallas Cowboys. They are fourth, and I just have one. Like general label, I'm going to place on this. I can't feel good about any window that involves Mike McCarthy. I it's just too much of a track record now. I he's ever since his Super Bowl victory, he's just had all of these just curious letdowns and losses. It's not just like they lose; they get blown out, um, or they make bad decisions. They blow leads, like all of these different ways that he loses in the playoff. It's you know what it is, Sean. Mm. It's like the Chiefs game over and over and over again. Like where after the Chief, after the Texans lose to the Chiefs in the playoffs, you're kind of left like, "Wow, all right, we're not where we thought we were." And I feel like that's every year with the Cowboys. Yes. Like, oh wow, boy, hell of a display. Oh boy, <sighs> guess we're just not where we thought we were. Yeah. Like okay, at what point do you get to be more than where you thought you were when you already have the quarterback that you you seemingly want when you have one of the best regular season defenses in the league. Like, where are like, how do you get that? Is Mike Zimmer the answer? I actually think he might be, but we'll see. You'll we'll see. All right, now you start to get near the top of the list, and the Baltimore Ravens, as big a disappointment as they've been in the postseason with Lamar Jackson at quarterback, they still just beat the Texans 34-10 to in a playoff game, and they're still the team, Seth, that there will come a time in the draft this year where there's a player – it's yeah. slipping and falling in the draft, and you and I are going to look yeah. at each other and go, "That guy's in five picks. That guy's going to be a Baltimore Raven, and yeah. he's going to be a first-team All-Pro for five years." It's one of the biggest, uh, like I, it's, it's one of the tweets I feel best about in my life, Sean. And if you're going to care or care about something in your life, why not just let it be your posts on X dot com? That's right. Um, but uh, immediately after Kyle Hamilton ran his bad forty at the combine, I said, "Yep." He's going to the Ravens. And there we go. I watched my own team help him go to the Ravens. Yeah, I know. The Texans but... <laughs> could have C-blocked him right there at 13. Because the, the Ravens are going to look at that and say, like, there are a bunch of teams out there that are going to be like, oh, I don't know if he's all that athletic, but we know he can play football. So we're going to draft him based on his football playing you know, ability. The Ravens root for slow 40 times. They do. Yeah, they had Terrell Suggs. It worked for them, yeah, too. Man. Hey, uh, Terrell Suggs. How could you possibly rush the passer – 
if you can't run 40 yards straight ahead fast? How how on earth are you ever going to make it on a curved seven-yard pass so if stupid. you can't run straight ahead for 40 yards Yeah, fast? man. Um, the last two on here, the team you just compared the Texans potentially to, if they have a good offseason this year, the Detroit Lions. I guess my big thing with the Detroit Lions and their window, look, they put together a phenomenal roster. They really have. They've done a really good job. Brad Holmes, their general manager, has done an awesome job in the draft. Um, Jared, is Jared Goff, can Jared Goff get you over the hump? Is yeah. he a quarterback that can get you to the promise? I know he's been to a Super Bowl with the Rams. That's when he had a really good supporting cast, and they ended up scoring three points in that Super Bowl. And then um, and then just, you know, they, the, the Lions, if you want to call it Dan Campbell's decision-making that did them in, the aggressive decision-making that did them in, whatever the case may be. Well, yeah, when they went for it on fourth down, that throw that he made, I mean, it just wasn't – I know the receiver, like, it's it's – Tempting to say, like, well, he should have caught it and hit his hands. It didn't have to be as inaccurate as it was. Right. You know, it was a, like, that was a, the biggest mistake they made was not in going for it. It was that they passed the ball instead of run, ran, yep. ran the ball on that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think the, the fact that their overall team in that Ben Johnson has gotten as much out of Jared Goff as he has is probably the best indicator that they've got a long window. I just, I don't know what's going to happen when Ben Johnson leaves. That's a big thing. You know, yeah, and Aaron that, Glenn. Aaron Glenn will probably. Aaron Glenn gets. Aaron Glenn feels like a slow build to him getting a coaching job somewhere, uh, a head coaching job somewhere. Mm-hmm. So you might lose your offensive and defensive coordinator sometime in the next couple of years. Chiefs are number one on this biggest Super Bowl windows list, and I have no argument there. Long as Patrick yeah. Mahomes is alive, walking, able to throw a football, they have a the, window to win a Super Bowl. They have also one of those most coveted things, which is one of their coordinators is a guy that probably won't get another head coaching chance, but he's an awesome coordinator in Steve Spagnuolo. It's the same thing that uh, the Steelers had with Dick LeBeau forever. Uh, and then really now, like the, the, the Cowboys probably have that with Mike Zimmer. I don't think Mike Zimmer will get another head coaching job. So as long as Mike Zimmer chooses to coach, I think that'll end up being really good for the Cowboys. But he is like, it's like 72 or so, so he might not coach. That's that what you longer. look for. You look for older guys who have no yeah. chance of getting a head coaching job. Did you see... Uh... I don't know if you saw Florio's post this weekend, his new, I don't know if you call this an HOA Florio thing. Like he, Florio is, seems to be very concerned about age discrimination in the NFL with head coaches because Bill Belichick only got one interview and Pete Carroll didn't get any interviews. Oh, yeah. it's an age discrimination Age discrimination thing. potential, yeah. Yeah, the average. That's funny. I, is there a cutoff for age discrimination? I know, 40. There's certainly 40. I learned this in the article, 40. Oh really? Yeah, it's what Florio I was about to say. Said there's certain like, in the article. Yeah, I don't think we have to worry about it at president. Uh, <laughs> your, your, mo- your main options for the last year, and there's kids growing up. There are young children in America right now who assume that the U.S. president must have to be a super old minimum dude. age, so- <laughs> seventy-eight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Can, uh, my bipartisan take is: Can we get somebody young in here at some it's point? Funny, that is funny. Um, no, but as far as uh, 40 is the cutoff, huh? 40, yeah. yeah. So there's no age discrimination over I gotta 40? Let me go find Florio's that article before weird. I start. Let me go find Florio's <laughs> article during the break before I start dishing on age discrimination. Oh, on yeah. <laughs> that sounds like one of those antiquated laws from like the 1600s or something. Yeah. Like, once a woman reaches the age of 40 and has not born a child, you can push her out on an iceberg yeah. and marry a new one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right, Payne and Pendergast with you. Um, if your name was Jay Williams, short for Jason Williams, there's a few of you out there. Chances are you had a take or some audio that went viral this weekend. One of them probably for the wrong reasons. We will get to that coming up next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents... Payne and Pendergast. Right, one of the bigger stories in sports this week, I would say, was Caitlin Clark from Iowa breaking the all-time women's scoring record uh, for college women's college basketball. Um, she's drawn a lot of eyeballs to the game. Really good shooter. Really good player. Here was Jay Williams on ESPN's college basketball studio show, their game day show on Saturday. They were talking about Caitlin Clark, and we got into a little debate. On the semantics of the word great, I suppose. Here's Jay Williams. Is Caitlin Clark great? I think she is the Stephen Curry of women's college basketball. I think she has changed the dynamics of the way the game is played. I think the way she plays, the pizzazz, is like she's probably the most prolific scorer the game of basketball has ever seen. Unmatched. I am, I am unwilling, and maybe it's more the, the Kobe mentorship around me, to say that she is great yet. I think she is the most prolific scorer the game has ever seen. I hold great or the levels of immortality or the pantheon to when you win championships. I'm just, that's just me. So Diane Taurasi, when you win three consecutive championships, two-time national player of the year, it has to, it has to culminate with the chip. It has to. I mean, Brianna Stewart, if we're talking about GOAT legends of the game, she's won four chips. Four chips, multiple national players of the year. So I'm not saying that she's not at a high, high, high level, but for it to go to the states of immortality, in my opinion, it has to culminate with your team winning a championship. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I, 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 especially in college, um, that's where it seems especially unfair. Because in the NBA, you can have an argument about either you know Charles Barkley or Chris Paul or whomever else, I suppose. And they've got they've got decades to win their championships. In college, you have four years at, at most to win a championship, and so much of it. Uh, re- relies on things beyond your control. Yeah, I just I don't. I would think he's in the extreme minority, and including if you polled people before hearing him that, like, uh, like would you to be a to be a great NCAA basketball player? Do you have to win a championship? Uh, yeah, I don't get it. And I also I'm with you. I do not. It's one thing if you say uh, one chip for a championship. You can't say it seven times in 37 No, seconds. I hate the yeah. word. Yeah, it's just alluding to there. I, I hate the use of the word chip for championship. It's just a pet peeve of mine. He brings up those UConn players, Diana Taurasi yeah. and Brianna Stewart. And I know UConn's not, you know, UConn's not at the level that they've been historically under Gino Oriema. But there was a period of time they were basically UConn won the championship championship every year. Are you telling me there were no great women's basketball players during the time where UConn's winning the championship as many times as they are? Like you're going to phase everybody out because Gino Oriema's got like eight of the twelve best players in college basketball. It means there can be no other great players. If, That's if silly. You're not to me. recruited at the age of sixteen to go play for UConn play in, for, a, in a two decade period, then you're not a great player. Yeah, that's that, that part's silly to me. I mean, and as you pointed out before, Seth, these things often turn into a debate on the semantics of a word. Like, what does great what does great truly mean? The yeah. other part, other than chip, in there. I'm curious about the Kobe mentorship part that he alludes to. I need to know about this. Did Kobe actually provide some sort of mentorship for Jay Williams along the way? His his, his NBA career was not very long because he had the motorcycle accident. And he was a Chicago Bull, not a Los Angeles Laker. So maybe he's just yeah. ref- maybe he's just referring to the Mamba mentality, you know, that he took from Kobe, like a lot of yeah, young guys did. Th- he did an interview with him once where he said Jay Williams asked Kobe Bryant about what mo- motivated him to to keep working hard. I wanted to know that it doesn't matter how hard you work; that I'm willing to work harder than you. Okay. So maybe that's what it is, and whatever uh, like uh, conversation he had with him as a as a broadcaster, just when he picked his brain as yeah, a, like yeah. in the offseason. He may just be using mentorship to mean the example Kobe is yeah. setting for him, that kind of thing. This was the mentorship. No, he did a good job. I think he had a couple rub-ups against Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Uh, and he's turned, the, he's turned it into this. Okay. 
So they were going to play each other. Uh, the Bulls were facing the Lakers. The game was set to start at 7 p.m. Knowing the challenge of facing Kobe Bryant and Shaq together, Williams decided to go to Staples Center four hours in advance. Uh, to his surprise, Kobe was already there and had worked up quite a sweat. Kobe continued to work out, uh, much to the surprise of Williams, even after Williams went to uh, go, go get ready for the game. Uh, Kobe worked, played in the game. After the game, Williams felt as though he had to ask Kobe how he did it. And that's when Kobe told him. Mentorship. Did it. Yeah. Mentorship. mentorship. Yeah. Um, boy, I do think about that All-Star game last night and wonder if, like, if Kobe, like, Kobe wouldn't still be playing if he were with us, obviously, because he had retired before he passed away. But, like, would an active Kobe Bryant plunk down in that All-Star game last night have let it become the debacle that it became, at least while he was on the floor, you know? Um, yeah. I do wonder about that, like, last night. Like, <laughs> it was, because that was, that was horrible. Uh, the NBA All-Star Game last night. All right, so that was one Jay Williams take. Jay Williams, whose full name is Jason Williams. The other Jason Williams, who had some fun audio from the weekend, was former NBA point guard, former Sacramento King, white chocolate Jason Williams. Teammate of Randy Moss in high school, in both football and basketball, former lottery pick of the Sacramento Kings. Um, White chocolate was fun, and white chocolate's retired now. He was on the OGs podcast. That's Mike Miller and Udonis Haslam, former Miami mm-hmm. Heat, their podcast. And apparently Jason Williams was brought in as a guest coach for a high school all-star game a few years ago in Atlanta, in which Anthony Edwards, soon-to-be top draft pick in the NBA at the time, was playing in this game. He was on Jay Will- Jason Williams' team that he was coaching. And Jason Williams had no clue who any of the guys were on his team, and he didn't start Anthony Edwards' In the game, and here was a funny story about somebody getting in Jason Williams' ear, like, you might want to start this guy. So tell us, you say you have a good Ant-Man story, tell us it. So I was coaching a, uh, a uh, high, school, uh, cele- uh, high school all-star game in Atlanta when he was still in high school, his senior year. And I don't know none of these kids, man. These young kids, I don't know. I'm just coaching, <laughs> like, just, just to be there. But I know what time it is with me now. Just show up. That's all we want you to do. <laughs> so I'm there coaching, and, and I, Ant's on my team. Jump ball, Ant's on the bench. I don't know who Ant is, but jump ball. As soon as the other team get the possession, I swear, but it didn't take two dribbles, I get a tap on my shoulder. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's the director of the whole whole turn. Uh-huh. Why ain't number two in the game? I'm like, I don't know. Is he supposed to be? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's the number one player in the country. But time out. <laughs> time out. Hey, Ant, go in. Who you want me to get, coach? Whoever you want, bro. <laughs> Go on in. He ain't come out the rest of the game. You figured out how to coach, didn't yes, you? Yes, sir. <laughs> I kind of like that Anthony Edwards wasn't agitating. For I do, too. I, oh, yeah. He was kind of like, oh, all right, coach, whatever. I, it yeah, says a lot about Edwards. <laughs> and he's like, I guess I'm not starting. I'm the number one guy. High school all-star game. Yeah, he's man. Probably, especially if it was a high school all-star game. That's uh, Yeah, I, re- I remember playing my high school all-star game in football. Ours was weird. It was in July. It was the Eddie Meath all-star game. and It was in like July after your senior season. But uh, like I've got a bitter memory of that. I wouldn't actually. I guess I I stayed quiet like Anthony Edwards. But I came in and like I was from. Uh, we were out in the country. We used to be a country school. Now it's all golf courses and everything. Um, but there were kids, a couple kids who were like all Greater Rochester, like all Greater City, uh, who are th- this coach just decided to make the starters. And we're like we had a week of practice leading up to the game. And we're doing like in, in one-on-one pass rush drills and on the scrimmage and everything. I'm just like destroying everybody. They're high school. These poor high school kids. I'm just like beating the ever living snot out of like all these kids. And like meanwhile, like and, and we get into the game and those guys start and I'm sitting there on the sideline till like till like the fourth midway through the fourth quarter he sends me in. It was, I'm no still, way. I still, yeah, I still hate that coach. Well, it's an all star game, and he sat like, you during the week. All these offensive linemen would be like, "Seth, how come you're not starting? Like you're you just you just you just ripped my uh, my kidneys out of my throat. Yeah, was like this reached down into my throat and pulled my kidneys? Okay, off. let me ask you this: Was this the summer leading into your senior year or after? No, your summer senior? leading into my freshman year in college. Yeah. So you had already proven you're on your way to college. You're like you're. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they didn't. It didn't matter. Like this guy, he was just so he had such a bias. He coached in a city school, and he had such a bias for the kids he already knew 
that like as I was like picking up offensive linemen and throwing them aside uh, and all that, like he picked up on none of it and just re- refused to put me in. We needed- and I was never like I was playing. I was kind of like you know I came from out in the sticks at the time. Like I said, we used to be a yeah. smaller school, and I'm like I don't know. I guess maybe these guys are just better than me. I don't know. Whatever. Were either <laughs> the guys ahead of you going to college to play football? No, 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 no. No. Okay, now I'm no, retroactively they bad awful. for you. They were really bad. <laughs> that guy can go were, die. Yeah, yeah. He may yeah. have. I used to know his name. I had his years. name. I, he was a chip on my shoulder for a while. Oh, I can't good. remember who it is now. Okay, so you turned it into some I positive used to, Yeah, I used to wish bad things on him. Okay. Um, good. Yeah, chip on the shoulder. Um, we had a couple people ask if you guys talked about C.J. Stroud and Amber Rose. We have a couple times on the show today. Um you know, for those who missed it, they were spotted leaving the Travis Scott celebrity softball game in CJ's vehicle. And that led to a lot of speculation as to what might be going on between 22-year-old CJ Stroud and 40-year-old Amber Rose, who has quite the resume of relationships she was in at one time. Some very famous people. Um, it was confirmed by Amber Rose after all you pervs on the internet decided that they must be doing the nasty that... No, CJ just did her the service of giving her a ride back to the hotel. That's all. That she didn't know who he was, and she had missed her. She had missed the bus that was supposed to take them back to the hotel. Right. So CJ just uh, gave her a ride. It was home. confirmed by CJ's mom, who I'm sure CJ told, "No, mom, I didn't do anything. I just gave her a ride back to the hotel." And she said, "I believe you, son." If there's any, if there's one thing I've learned in life, it's that whenever two people get into a car together and go somewhere, you should always believe exactly whatever their version of the story is. Yes, done. yes. That's uh, <laughs> that's all there is to it. If people deny having done anything mm-hmm. or being involved in a relationship, totally 100%, just uh, by a plausible. I'm proud yeah. of myself that I assume that it was what it was, which was CJ kind enough to give a woman... 18 years his senior ride home. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's what it I was. I remember when my ex-girlfriend used to, like, tell her current boyfriend, like, uh, like, uh, like gaslight him into feeling guilty about that she and I couldn't have a platonic relationship. She's like, I'm just going to study with Seth. That's all. And yeah. you'd be like, you guys don't even study the same thing. Right. Shut up. Why don't you trust me? Mm-hmm. That's what she would say. Mm-hmm. That's what I would instruct her to tell him. <laughs> and uh, and it was all it was all 100% completely innocent. Of course it was. As far as he knows. You yeah. know exactly what CJ's going through right now. Yeah. False accusations. Guys, I think Kobe was a mentor to Caitlin Clark. She mentioned that in an interview. No, she didn't. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, might have. You know what? I wonder, though, because Kobe's, well, Kobe's daughter was... Would she have been? She would have been younger than Caitlin Clark. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like yeah. a good, the, a good the deal one in, The one that was but in the plane with him. But he was actually pretty. Like you'd see him at women's games and everything. He was very much into the women's games. So he might have like known her at an AAU game or Maybe, something. Maybe. Yeah. Because she's she's. Uh, yeah. Because I mean, it's been four years now. Yeah. So like, but so like on the AAU circuit, she may have. Maybe. Uh, you know, he may have seen her at some stuff. Maybe. I mean, I'm assuming the texture is sarcastic, but yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, all right, Payne and Pendergast with you. All right. This is a this is a big yeah. week. You know what though, Sean? Okay, all right. I'm glad. Sorry, I, I need to get outraged now on your behalf. The biggest thing about him, like saying the Kobe mentorship, yeah, is that it's almost like him. It's like he's trying to insert it in that, that that's Kobe's opinion too. Almost like like Kobe was saying that Caitlin oh, Clark isn't great. That's a good take, right yeah, there. Maybe it's the Kobe mentorship. He's trying to get an endorsement on his argument uh, post mortem. From Kobe Bryant. That's dirty pool right that there. That is, because Kobe's not here to tell him what a stupid take he had. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. All right. Where's Vanessa? Vanessa uh, Bryant, right? That was Kobe's wife's, Kobe's, uh, uh, wife's name? Yeah. Yeah. We, by proxy, she can step in and say, you can't speak on behalf of Kobe. That's a good, t- that's a good, that's a good point, Seth. Damn you, Jay Williams. Um, all right. Uh, one big question for this week for each of our teams. Relevant questions for this week for each of our teams that I've got, and we will dig through those next. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Uh, our guy B. Scott's listening. He brought up a good point. He said uh, the texter may have been confusing Caitlin Clark with Sabrina Ionescu. Uh, Kobe was a mentor to Sabrina Ionescu, who competed against Steph over the weekend in that three-point shooting contest. Okay, so maybe the texter wasn't being sarcastic. He just had his female sharpshooters conflated, mixed up. Um, all right, one big question for each team this week in light of where we are on the calendar. And I'm going to start with the Texans. Seth, tomorrow is the date in which teams can start using the franchise tag. Real quick, sorry. Yeah, Kaitlin, yeah. Kaitlin Clark had trained with Kobe Bryant. She too. did? Is it? Yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, awesome. So they both got mentored by Kobe. They were both more <laughs> mentored by Kobe than Jay Williams probably was. Except the one thing is that Kobe knew he was mentoring Caitlin Clark. <laughs> yes. <for> his- <laughs> and he's here to vouch for the fact. <laughs> yeah. He, he's here to he, actually vouch. Yeah, he would have been, he, he would, you know, if he were here, he would vouch for that fact. Yeah, he, he was, so, um, all right. Um, so, questions for each team this week. Do the Texans use the franchise tag on anybody? And that doesn't have to happen this week. It just starts this week. The, um... The potential to do so starts tomorrow. It continues through March 5th, so you got a two-week window. As I'm mentally going through their free agents in my head, I know there's one that an article I saw said they may franchise tag. I'm a little dubious. The only, Honestly, the only one that I could think of yeah. over the weekend was they've got both their specialists, Kaimi Fairbairn and Cam yeah. Johnston, yeah. are both two of the best at what they do and are both yeah. free agents. Now, apparently, according to Texans cap, Kaimi... In, when he redid his deal to restructure yeah. it, had a clause written into it where they can't franchise tag him. Good job by you, Kaimi. Oh, good job, Kaimi. Yeah. That's, that's crafty. It is. I'll say uh, Cam Johnston, still unfamiliar with American laws and rules, uh, <laughs> probably was duped into, <laughs> into signing something like a special Australian exemption or something. Right. So I say franchise tag the hell out of him. Yeah, it'd be about five yeah. million bucks, five, six million bucks to throw at him. The the name that I saw in an article earlier was Dalton Schultz. Yeah. Which would be about a twelve million dollar tag for Dalton Schultz. I would say he's not franchise taggable. Um Cowboys tagged think... him a couple of years ago. I know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh it's not not that it's like a designation that means you're you know, it's not like some special secret designation or something. Um I just I'm torn with Dalton Schultz because I, we saw very much like what his limitations are as a tight end this year, but you also saw the strengths that he has, for like first and foremost, in forming a relationship with C.J. Stroud, where they seem to they seem to have that nonverbal thing going already. You know, um, they know what the other guy is thinking. They can adjust on the fly. They can make adjustments on the sideline, and I just I don't want to get overly in love with that aspect of it because the thing you got to remember is, okay, yes, they did develop and forge that bond, but he, CJ could forge that bond with somebody else too. Um, it's, it's not so simple. It's not so easy, uh, but it's, but, but spending like $15 million in one season on Dalton Schultz is like, that's, that's not a, that's not a good spend in my opinion. So if, if they feel like they're really close to getting a three-year deal or something out of it, and it's just a placeholder, then by all means, yes. Uh, but I don't want to have that sitting there preventing us from preventing them from doing other stuff, perhaps if they can't come to a deal. I think my biggest concern with Dalton Schultz is the exact reason he signed the deal that he did with the Texans, which is yeah. 
Not a great market for tight ends in free agency this year. Like Hunter Henry yeah. is probably the biggest name. Certainly, the he was the guy making the most money last year of free agent tight ends. Gerald Everett, Mike Kosicki, Noah Fant, Austin Hooper. I mean, good players. Tanyan, who you know used to play with Aaron Rodgers there in Green Bay. Um, it's not a great draft class for tight ends either, and I think that might be the biggest thing Dalton Schultz ran into last year is that you had Musgrave and Kincaid and uh, uh, you know Michael Mayer, and I'm not saying all these guys turned out great. Um, but there were guys that teams were enticed by them more so. They, they thought, okay, yeah, I'd much rather pay one of these guys. $2 million to this guy than $10 million to Schultz. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this is not considered – Brock Bowers is really good, but he's – Elite, he's like top 10 pick overall yeah. in the draft, and then after that, it's a big drop-off. So, um, franchise tag for Dalton Schultz, that's $12 bucks. I, I guess As a placeholder, fran- maybe. The thing with the franchise, right, and that's what, I guess that's the danger, and it's one of those things where it's, and the, like in the short term, it makes perfect sense, and I think, yeah, give him a, okay, what if it just ends up being a one-year deal? Well, because if it just ends up being a one-year deal, then you've overpaid Dalton Schultz. So, like, if you're trying to be a GM and, like, divorce your emotions from it and everything else... All right, like if, if you if you franchise tag him and then work out a three year deal that's reasonable and makes sense, and so be it. But a reasonable deal for for Dalton Schultz over three years might not be that much more than fifteen million total. Uh, like so, I just I, I hesitate to put that much money on a guy that maybe should be like he Dalton Schultz should be thinking really hard about. A three-year offer the Texans might give him before free agency. Yeah, and I don't want to muddy the waters with that at all. I think they could lock him down for three years without spending a boatload of money. Um, the the franchise tag actually would make it tougher for the Texans in that regard. I think. All right. Um, so one big question for each team this week: the Texans do they use the franchise tag on anybody? It's really a two-week question because they've got two weeks to do it, but the window starts tomorrow. Um, big question for the Rockets: Yeah, does Ime Udoka bench Jalen Green this week? And I don't mean bench like staple him to the bench, but have him come off the bench. If we recall, the last game before the All-Star break for the Rockets, um, the, the, against the Memphis Grizzlies, a loss, was Ime Udoka saying, you know what, maybe I just need to put five guys who try hard, I'm paraphrasing, but maybe I need to put five competitors out there to start the game so we don't get yeah. off to these wretched starts that we've been getting off to. And a lot of people thought, Seth, that was a direct shot at Jalen Green who spent the last 18 minutes of that game on the bench prior to the All-Star break. I, You know, the thing about Jalen Green is, you know, I think right now you see a lot of people saying, well, boy, you're starting to find out what was, like, what, how they should have handled this a few years ago when you had the chance was to, like, not make it so seems so simple that it's going to be Jalen Green's team. Like, Jalen Green should have to, like, earn... Uh, you know, kind of earn his status and, you know, take his lumps and, you know, maybe form a bit of NBA character or something along yeah, the way. Yeah. I don't know if now's the time that that message is going to be heard. I like with Jalen Green, it might end up having to be like a Kyle Lowry type of situation where Kyle Lowry gets traded away and he realized at that moment, oh, wow, I'm really not the guy I thought I was. Like Kyle Lowry has openly cited that trade as the reason that. Like, that he wouldn't have become the player he was if he had stayed in Houston. Like, he needed to have that message sent to him. So, I don't know. I think that's where Jalen Green might be. Yeah, Jalen J- needed Ime Odoka two years ago. Yeah, you know, yeah, he, he, exactly. He didn't need yeah. him on the heels of two years of Steven Silas. You know? Right, right. Um, so, I, I, Ime Odoka is going to do something. You know, as far as... I don't think he's trotting the same starting five out there that he normally does. Like, I think... I think he's he's going to do something with this starting lineup just to shake it up a little bit. It might involve Jalen Green. We'll see. Yeah. Um, I have I no problem got... with it, by the way. Like, I'm not a fan of Jalen Green's game at all. I don't think he's a winning basketball player. I, I, I think you're at the point, though, too, where, yeah, it, it, okay, it either it works or it doesn't. But, like, it, the, the Jalen Green, I don't want to call it an experiment, but, like, the Jalen Green tenure is probably winding down to an its to its end. You might as well figure out what the hell might work for him. Yep. And and also if it's what's best for the team and the culture moving forward, then yeah, then they make him sit on the bench a little bit very, and, and feel what it's like. Very interested on Thursday night. They play the Pelicans. Pelicans, and then they've got five games all against the Thunder and the Phoenix Suns. So it is, I mean, it's not cutting time for the Rockets. It is, I mean, we're going to know in two weeks if this season is going to have Anything beyond an 80-second game or not, we will. Um, Last one, question for the Astros. 
any movement on the Bregman front this week? That, to me, is the front and center topic for the Astros is Alex Bregman's contract extension. Before we dig into what we think may happen, here was Bregman on that very topic yesterday at spring training. We're listening um, to everything that uh, the team has to say. And, um, yeah, just letting Scott and the Astros do that together and, 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 and handle that for me so that way I could be fully focused on on baseball, my teammates winning, and uh, the things that I love to do, playing ball for this great city. All right, so do you think we see any movement on the Bregman front? Do we get any wind of an offer from the Astros to Alex Bregman? I don't, I don't think so. Um, I just, I almost don't, I almost don't want there to be an offer because then it's going to be that okay, there was an offer, Bregman turned it down, and then we got to argue about that, <laughs> like well, when, whether or not, whether or not, I can't remember what was the first divulging of the Carlos Correa offer. By the, uh, I don't by remember. The I don't remember when it was. I just remember their best and final offer was five years, one sixty. Yeah. I don't remember the timing of all which, of it. And now, which by the way, I know uh, Daniela has actually disputed uh, some of that, right? Like some His of wife, the, the final. Yeah, there's been some uh, just recently. It's not a hundred percent written in stone exactly how the negotiations went. I wonder if the years are like the like. I wonder if if they've got to negotiate that before they negotiate anything else. Like, look, Alex, are you looking for, like, what length deal are you looking for? And if he's going, like, nine years, at least nine years, they're like, all right, well, this is a non-starter. We don't, like... Yeah, we're just not going to do that. Yeah, we're yeah. not, philosophically, we're not, we're not going to pay you when you're 38 years old playing, playing mm-hmm. third base. So I wonder if that's, uh, I wonder if that's a big deal, but... Uh, that's the one, and, uh, like, as we were going over earlier, like, uh, like, Rendon signed a nine-year contract when he was 29 years old, Bregman's... 30 years old, you know, Manny Machado's 30. He signed his big deal um, when he was 29 or when he was 30. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah, whatever it was uh, like, like those are guys that have signed big contract and, and Bregman is right there in those categories. If you're looking at fantasy rankings, no, he's not. But when it comes to actual third baseman, overall player rankings, uh, he's a top five player. And I think he's, I don't, I think there's going to be at least one team out there as unreasonable as you might feel it is as an Astros fan, there's going to be at least one team out there that's willing to go seven, eight, nine years on, on Bregman, and I don't think the Astros are going to match that. Yeah, if it's a team that's a playoff team or feels like they're a playoff team, I, I, think, I think the things Alex Bregman does are resonate more in the postseason. You know, the, oh, yeah, yeah. The, the, like the his, defense, just, the discipline. He, his just being a pain in the ass to pitchers with yeah. his discipline in high leverage situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, like, uh, yeah just he'd be a horrible hey, splurge. A little nervous for, there, fella. How yeah. about how about fifteen pitches in yeah, one at bat? Yeah. yeah, he'd be a terrible splurge for a bad team. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah, yeah. But but I think he would be just the right one for a, a really really good team. Uh, John Lopez is here. How you doing, John? I am here and I am doing fantastic. That's how are good. You? That's good. Um, doing great. Doing great. Good. Um, CJ had quite the weekend. CJ had did quite the, the weekend. Did the Amber Rose stuff come down during your show? Right last, after. Right after. Yeah, okay. Right after. How did that video stay? Stay. Yeah, uh, it was under wraps on the down low for yeah. so long. Yeah. Yeah, it was under wraps was for strange. a while. Uh, how does that make you feel? Um, I don't know. Do you believe that he just was basically a glorified Uber for her and gave her a ride back to the hotel? Well, here's what I believe. It's more of an Amber Rose thing. When was the last time she said, "Hey, can you give me a ride to my hotel"? And then they they he they opened the door and said, "All right, see you later." Uh, early Friday morning <laughs> with C.J. Stroud. That's what I choose well, to believe. I wonder though if if the answer to the question of like how did it take that long for the video to come out is okay. Where did it first appear? Was the first did it first appear on TMZ? Because then the answer is like because that's how long it took it to sell it to. TMZ. Oh, to get to, to get somebody yeah. to buy it. Yeah, this yeah. Is true. yeah. good point. Yeah. Yep, yep, good point. All right, Amber. I yeah. guess I'll see you later. Yeah, man. Okay, yep. I'm going to go up and uh, have a dessert in my room by myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like you were there. Yeah, yeah it's, no, it's exactly no, how it went down, I think. No. Oh, come on. When was the last time any of us were invited to a hotel room and it was just, see you later? Well, wait, where's the hotel room coming? <laughs> No, because she said, she said he gave her a ride to, to her the hotel. hotel. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. I know, but you're like also, yeah. I mean, like you're asking, you but you're adding the room in there. Like uh, that's different. Like <laughs> John's assuming he got invited back to no, the room. No, I'm saying anytime you were invited back to a woman's hotel, there's there can be an under uh, underlying theme there, underlying. Uh, 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 I guess uh, we'll find out. I choose to believe inference. if they did, they sat down and broke down film for the next two hours. <laughs> he had okay. His iPad. Yes. <laughs> 
Amber, you might be able to help help yeah. out with this Ravens game. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think ninety-seven nine was the first to actually. Do that's that. the one that that's the yeah. one I used in my blog post about it. Yeah. Okay. So they didn't they didn't sell it. They were just yeah. there. Yeah. Landry's here. What's, What's up? How you doing, man? What's up, man? Um, I don't know. I I'm <laughs> lot lot to ungather this weekend. Yeah, I, I, a lot of emotions, man. A lot of emotions, huh? Processing. A lot of emotions, man. Yeah. A lot of emotions. Processing. Are you yeah. guys gonna try to fix the NBA All Star game like no, all the national no, no, shows no, no, no. do? No, okay. and don't and don't don't do this. Don't do this. This is what's annoying me about this. Like the NBA All Star game sucks. The league sucks. So now all of a sudden, like Adam Silver is sitting here and saying, "We really got to fix the All Star game." Now you got to fix your league, jackass. Don't let Adam Silver put the wool over the eyes of a league oh. problem. They have a league problem. Okay. So now fixing the All Star game doesn't change that. Don't let him. Don't let him act like this isn't a much bigger problem. Gotcha. Okay, so for him, like the All Star Game is just something to distract from all yes. the other issues. Like, like even like in the in the back end of the Stern uh, yeah. time, there were times where the All Star Game was rough. So, yeah. so don't don't let Adam Silver act with 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 what he's let happen to this league on his watch. Don't let him sit here and act like. Oh well, you know we gotta fix this All Star game. That's gonna be our goal, dude. You have a play in tournament where you give the the highest paid athletes in the in the world an extra million dollars just to participate. And oh, by the way, it doesn't count in the regular season. You've expanded the playoffs. Nobody wants to play. That it's it's not like go to hell. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 